everyone to another episode of League One Fun. We have a lot to talk about. There's a couple teams that uh, decided to sign pretty much their whole team this week. Uh, plus some other news, some big links, some big uh, surprise announcements. Uh, but let's get to it. Uh, so today on the show, we have Chris, Jason, Mark, and for the second week in a row, we're expanding our uh, our uh, family here. We have a, a new host, Ira. Uh, Ira, if you want to give a give a little shout out, uh, talk about if you have a, a team or many teams, and a little bit about yourself, so everyone can uh, be introduced. Yeah, so uh, so I'm Ira. I uh, live in New Jersey. I do everything soccer. I referee. I coach. I play. Um, and have done so for you know many decades actually. So um, uh, you know, happy to be here. I uh, I love the idea that we're going to have a third tier of, uh, of professional soccer here, and I think it's going to be super important. So that's one reason why you know I'd like to support the show and um, and and come on. So uh, so I'm hoping to look at the Richmond Kickers and maybe some of the other teams coming in the Northeast. Uh, Penn FC, uh, you know Rochester. I know some of you guys have some relationships there too. So. Um, uh, so, so that's my goal. I, I do know a couple of the players personally. Actually, one of them actually coached me, uh, who plays for Richmond. Um, so, you know, we could talk about that sometime too. Awesome, awesome. Well, thanks for joining. Uh, I'm sure that uh, we're gonna have lots of fun going through here, and hopefully, uh, this isn't the uh, the end of our growth. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, guys. So we do have a lot of signings to get through. Um, We'll start off with Mark, uh, just because the first episode we had, Mark wasn't sure if he actually had a team, and then a couple, t- then a couple players uh, trickled through last week. And Mark, it, it looks like you actually have a team now, and and not just like a team, but like players that you, that we can talk about and and give some more understanding. So, uh, if you don't mind, start us off tonight. Yeah, so now we there's an additional signing today, and so we now have a full 11. We can technically play a legal game of USL League One soccer. Um, but last week, we, they have added a lot. I believe it's now up to seven in the past week we last spoke. Um, I guess I'm doing it right after we talk and before we can talk. Um, but just a quick overview, we have Raheem uh, Summersale. Uh, who is a midfielder from Florida Gulf Coast University and has played some youth appearances for St. Saint, uh, Saint Kitts uh, in the U-20 World Cup qualifiers. Uh, we have Keenan Weeks, uh, goalkeeper out of the University of Portland. Uh, I'm going to mess up this guy's last name, but Kyle uh, Hornden, maybe, I hope. Please correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but he's a defender. Uh, he last played... Uh, I believe it was Toronto 2 uh, last year uh, in the championship. Uh, and then next we have uh, Austin Ledbetter, who's a defender, last played with St. Louis FC. Um, kind of wish Phil was on to talk more about him, but we'll get slots later. Uh, and in the past couple of days, they've signed Roy Abergill, uh, who played at Colorado Mesa uh, University and then went on to play in Israel. Uh, so he's coming back to to US to play, and Kyle Benter, who's a defender, also from T two. Yeah. So when I was uh, looking over and making the notes for this as well, uh, the name that stuck out to me out of the signings so far this week uh, was Roy Abigail, uh, because 
for some reason, like I, I did watch a couple uh, CMU games. Um, he's a, he has an amazing stat. His senior year, uh, he scored 23 goals, which is the record for them, which he's actually – he beat his own record set the previous yeah. year of 14. Um, so from a points perspective, having 49 goals, five assists, and 62 uh, appearances is amazing. Uh, hopefully he cheers it up for you guys as well. And uh, Native of Israel played uh, for – uh, their Premier League team, or um, which I think are like fourth in their standings right now, so definitely you know a top tier, great competitive team as well. Um, but what of the signings um, can you look at and like? Are you really excited for? Is the fans of Tucson you know really excited for? Should really look at and be uh, looking more into as the uh, preseason progresses. I think for me, after watching some video of these guys, uh, it would definitely be guys like Ledbetter and Benter. Um, after those two signings with what we saw, um, SC Tucson had six of their players play for Phoenix Rising this past weekend in a preseason match. And just the experience that SC Tucson will have on their back line, it, it looks amazing so far, at least based on you know where the guys played, how much they played. And so just ha- I, I think from them building that solid back line will be exciting just because we know mistakes won't happen. At least those early mistakes, those rookie mistakes that we expect from young guys uh, won't be as big of an issue for Tucson. All right. Yeah. That, I mean, that's definitely uh, one of the, one of the key things, um, especially when this is uh, the team's really first uh, appearance here. Uh, is you know making sure that the you you, you want to keep it that's that's obviously can make sure nothing goes in but you also want that back line to keep out as many mistakes as possible and then the rest will fill itself out uh so chris you actually went to an event i'll leave you talk about the signings here but there was actually uh an event over the weekend that, that you went to yeah so the supporters group for the Triumph, the Reedy River Riot had their uh, kickoff event. They've been taking signups, obviously, for a while, but this was kind of the first chance for all the supporters to get together, get their scarves, T-shirts. I have my scarf back here somewhere right there. So I got that. Um, and it was really cool because the team actually partnered with the Riot to do a a player announcement that evening, which was fun for me. I was doing a a podcast, uh, my Greenville focus podcast. Yeah. That soccer show was kind of doing a live thing. I got to sit down with both the new signing Cole and coach Harks and hear a little bit about uh, how the team's progressing in terms of signings and stuff. So our team, the triumph has have signed five players this week. I know there are more coming tomorrow. I've been told from my sources. Um, but on Saturday, Cole Seiler, a defender who played last year with the Sacramento Republic, didn't play a ton. Um, I think he told me he had battled a little bit of injury, but uh, he is was drafted by the Vancouver Whitecaps, played a little bit for the senior team and mostly with their second team. But the real the real reason he was signed for the tribe, he's a local guy. He's from the upstate. Uh, and I think the more we can sign guys with ties, at least to this area, that's always good to embrace the community. Um, we've signed a couple other players. Aaron Walker, a defender who played with the Silverbacks. Travis Ward, a forward who played with the Philadelphia Fury. 
and Rowan University. Dominic, Dominic Boland, who played the last couple seasons with Asheville City in the NPSL. And then we finally got a goalkeeper, uh, former. And, and th- this is one of those picks for me when the Triumph announced their first signing, Tyler Pollock, who was a former player for Coach Harks at FC Cincinnati. Um, I actually did some digging into all the players he had coached there where they were signed or if they were retired or still playing. There was two guys that I came up with, Evan Lee, who the team had signed a few weeks back, and Dallas J was the other guy on my list. And so, lo and behold, this week, uh, my sleuthing ability has paid off once again. Goalkeeper, played with FC Cincinnati, played with uh, Phoenix Rising, has actually played with FC Tucson back back in the day when they were still in the PDL. So he's got a lot of experience kind of at all different levels um, I think his familiarity with Coach Harks is going to really help too for him to integrate into the system. Yeah, it's it's definitely nice uh, to have players that have have played um, with each other at some point, and then also for uh, coaches before. Um, and when you say with the homegrown signing, uh, we'll get that uh, or, or home hometown signing. We'll uh, there's we'll get that to that a little bit later. Uh, Ford Madison also has a pretty much a, a home like in their backyard didn't even have to go that far to uh pick him up but that's one of the things that i'm i'm really liking about uh league one so far is that you know whether it's uh, coaches that were at, at the academy at different levels and now coaching different teams um but the progression you know where we see this is sort of development where it's you know whether it's the, the two teams you know, trying to get their their players getting some some reps, um, or if it's just you know people that came out of college that maybe weren't at a championship level, or as we'll probably see later in the preseason, uh, you know, teams that players that were on championship level that maybe didn't get that signing because players from the MLS that that came available got signed and it kind of gets a knockdown effect. Um, but it, it's definitely nice to see local talent in there, and then also a way for the teams and the players to showcase um, academy players and hopefully give them a path up and through to the uh, MLS championship. I mean, the USL championship and, you know, further on out. Yeah. One, one thing I didn't mention about our signings, I know last week, a couple of the guys we talked about, and then the two and uh, two signings announced today, Travis Ward and Dominic Boland actually came from the open tryout. So we've signed four of the players we've announced. I think we probably announced, nine or 10 maybe. And four of those guys actually came through the open tryout that the team hosted. You know, I think that's really interesting because we, we were hearing that from some other teams too, that there's a lot of talent out there. And the fact that, you know, open tryouts are actually yielding some really great players just shows you what league one is going to be all about, right? It's finding that raw talent that just needs to find a home. For sure. Uh, I, I think that as we get along with the, uh, the league one, you know, as the years progress, like that, that's definitely going to be one of the uh, the pillars that's going to make this league successful. Uh, s- another team that uh, that has a lot of signings going through there is North Texas SC. Uh, they did a, a couple trialists that that are in camp and uh, signed a lot of uh, SC Dallas uh, Academy uh, members. Um, Jason. Do you want to go over a couple that uh, you had on your radar? Yeah, I was looking at the uh, roster and a couple names stood out. Um, You've got Hector Montalvo, who's back from his stint at Tigres. So 
I believe he was a former Academy player that is now coming back. Uh, they've stolen once again, another kid from Houston. Uh, so I don't know if that needs to be a designation spot for some kind of a USL team, but, uh, seems like a lot of players are getting stolen from there, but, um, Houston Academy player, Charlie Flores, he was with them as well. Uh, they also had their second player, um, uh, from a MFK, uh, Vitzkoff, uh, <laughs> Czech uh, league team, Abdul Garaf Ibrahim, and he is teammates with uh, who we talked about last week, the Gambian Pogba. So um, those were interesting names, but one name, and I don't want to jinx it, but probably the most interesting name I saw on that list was uh, Charles Rankin. And for people who don't know Charles Rankin, um, he was a wonder kid. He was playing for the U14s and 15s when he was like 11 years old. You had a couple people writing articles about him, comparing him to the next Freddie Adu. Uh, was scouted by huge clubs like Liverpool, Man U. Eventually went to uh, TSG Hoffenheim, um, but only got to play about 10 games with them after suffering a lot of knee injuries. Um, and so he's been all around since. He's been in Sweden. He's been in MLS, USL. Um, hasn't found his groove, um, but he's only 25. So I'm hoping that, you know, him trialing, him getting some minutes in, getting his feet under him. I'm hoping that, you know, we can see him with Dallas and see if uh, he is someone that can be in the league for the whole season. Yeah. Uh, Mark, I'll kick it out to you because you, you're out uh, in the West as well. Uh, anyone from uh, the player list there that, that you're looking forward to seeing or anyone that you know? Yeah, so Jason mentioned him earlier, but Hector uh, Montalvo and Alex Radia, they're both trialists in the camp right now with North Texas, but they went to Grand Canyon University in Phoenix, which I actually live about two miles from, so I got to see them play. Um, Hector Montalvo wasn't there, hasn't been there for about two years, but when he was, he was a uh, highly regarded uh, freshman uh, playing, he made the all freshman team for top door soccer's uh, team of the year in 2016, if I remember correctly. Um, but Alex Rudia played uh, was a midfielder for GCU this past year, and uh, GCU had their best soccer year ever. They went five and zero against top 25 opponents. They won their conference for the first time, and uh, Rudia was a huge factor in that. He had a great uh, postseason tournament. And so I'm interested to see uh, if he can catch on. All right. Anyone else there? Uh, you know, I don't really have uh, any any knowledge or, or any uh, more experience with these players uh, past past what you guys talked about. Anyone uh, have anything else that they want to add uh, with the North Texas signings? So I, I watch a lot of the U20s, and um, you know one of the one of the people who scored a bunch of goals for Haiti, and, and even though they didn't make it out of the group, um, was uh, I, I'm going to butcher his name, but is it is it Baiku uh, Bisathi? Uh, and he you know he looks really good. He's tall. He's uh, he's quick, and he's he's good just moving the ball laterally. So uh, using inside and outside of his feet to, to get it. Now, you know, he didn't play against the greatest competition. It was against, I think it was Bermuda and Barbados, which are not as good as, as Haiti is uh, just generally at soccer. But, um, but, but I think he's, he's going to be an interesting uh, kid if he is able to get on the field and, um, you know, actually run at people. That seems to be a, be a trend. I know that uh, there's been three or four, uh, Haitian signings, like, uh, you know, 
I know Lansing Lansing has has at least one. Um, does does Ford have any? Jason, you're a Ford guy. That's a good question. They, I believe they do. Um, just in general, I think the Caribbean is one of those resources that has been huge in USL championship and it's going to be huge in league one as well. Um, so I think you're going to see a lot of guys from Haiti, um, St. Kitts, Trinidad, Bermuda. There's a lot of untapped talent um, and they just need a place to play and they need a chance. And I think this is the perfect place for them to be seen and move up the ranks because that has been, and you can look at the numbers, uh, Ryan Allen from the USL show had a great uh, chart showing the percentages of players from other countries uh, playing in USL and the Caribbean was by far one of the top ones, um, if not the top one. Uh, so that's definitely something that, uh, yeah, I think you're going to see with more player announcements and player signings that you're going to see that trend of Caribbean players. Yeah, that, that was definitely uh, w- one of the nice things, you know, w- with this league is, you know, as, as we've talked about before, um, you know, players that, that, that are on that cusp, but maybe, uh, you know, the, the USL championship teams aren't going to be able to give them as much playing time as they deserve. Um, or, or maybe it just happens, you know, that there's a couple roster spots left and they just didn't happen to get it there. But, you know, USL, especially this year, but moving forward, is there's there's so much potential for this league. I'm so excited to see what this league is going to turn into. Um, but especially with with the young young players and then the uh, players in the, the Caribbean area. Um Ira, since you uh, you are brand new on the show, you don't. If you would like to jump in with some Richmond news, uh, by all means, uh, please please go ahead and uh, yeah. join us. And yeah, so a couple of things. Firstly, uh, they're going to have twenty five players in camp. Uh, that uh, and uh, of them, um, we know that eleven are signed. Or they've only announced nine, but there's in the next couple of days they're going to announce a few more signings. Um, so again, like some of the other teams, they'll actually have an 11 to put on the pitch. Um, and today they announced a goaltender signing. So a uh, very familiar name for people who have been watching the uh, NASL and uh, and USL the last couple of years, uh, because Akira Fitzgerald, who was a goalkeeper for uh, North Carolina and uh, actually was a river, ha- uh, excuse me, a, uh, a Railhawks uh, goalkeeper and then uh, did a stint at Tampa Bay, was actually signed for um, New York City FC in their inaugural year as uh, kind of a third string goalkeeper. Um, didn't get a lot, any playing time, uh, I think maybe in an Open Cup game, but uh, but ultimately went back to uh, went back to the, the lower divisions, played for Tampa and uh, last year. Uh, was released from Tampa, and now he's going to be playing for Richmond. Um, he's really good with his feet. Um, I think that's one of the things that um, uh, maybe they're looking for because his distribution out at the back is really good. He can be an 11th field player type of uh, person. Um, I, I'd say in general he's kind of an average uh, shot stopper, but um, but he'll he'll fill a need, I think, that Richmond, uh, Richmond was looking for within the system maybe that they're thinking about playing. Um, they also filled out their coaching ranks and now have a goalkeeper coach and a can conditioning coach. Um, uh, one of them, interestingly, uh, he, he played actually at the University of Richmond. Uh, he's also going to be familiar, but Adrian, um, uh, and, and I always pronounce his name wrong, but I think it's Clulo. Um, he w- uh, played for the Riverhounds. Um, he also played uh, for the Kickers. Um, and uh, so, you know, he's another local uh, local person who's getting a shot to, uh, to be in League One and continue uh, his professional career as a coach. 
just to jump in, I had a uh, had a little chat with uh, Coach Davey D. You know, that's what we go by, you know, as our nickname since we're so close. But um, he uh, just to, to jump on the point with Fitzgerald, uh, I think one of the reasons why they did acquire him is the way he can pass and that he's good with his feet. Uh, one of the things that Coach was saying is that they want to be a possession team um, and he wants a leader in the back. So I think by bringing – Fitzgerald in somebody that can pass someone that's not afraid to uh, pass when it has pressure from a press offense or a press D um, is, a, is important for this team, right? Because if they're going to build from the back, you have to have a keeper that's good with their feet. And I also think he wants a leader in Fitzgerald, right? He wants someone that's going to be more verbal. He wants someone that's going to be captaining that defense. So I think he's really going to be challenging Fitzgerald to really try to keep that back unit and that core together and uh, build up that possession from the back. Yeah, he's one of the oldest signings. Uh, I think it might be the oldest signing on the team right now. Uh, he's 31 years old, but for a goalkeeper, you know, it, that's that's not that old yeah. as we as spring we know chicken. At all. Yeah, exactly. So uh, before we hit Jason up, because Jason always brings some some spicy soccer. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, if you guys are, are are new to the show or listening for, for uh, the first time here, there, there's two things you need to know about Jason. One is if there's any drama like anywhere in the soccer community it doesn't even matter if it's in like even like the north america region if it's happening on the globe jason is somewhere in the center of it like, i don't know how how he does it but he's somewhere in the center of it uh and then the other thing is if you are watching the live stream or if you come back and watch it there we jason how many soccer jerseys do you have don't 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 get me thinking about the amount of damage i've done to my bank account please don't do it we're not gonna we're not gonna do it on the downside, but if if you could wear a different one each day starting from January first, how far into the year can you go, or is it even like multiple years? I know I, I'd I'd make it I'd make it to halfway through spring. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's uh. So now now Jason's gonna come out with his uh new podcast <laughs> uh, you know, soccer jerseys. He's gonna walk you through. How to buy oh, yeah. soccer jerseys? The best ones where to get the deals. That's oh, gonna yeah. be our spinoff here. Uh. No. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, uh, I'll, I'll save the spicy nifs for later. But I can uh, get into some Ford Madison signings if that's something that you want to talk about. And uh, as long as you don't go Flamingo, just no. don't go Flamingo. Listen, good. listen, I'm not, I'm not there yet. One day it might happen, but it's still preseason. I'm, I'm still about sixty percent Mingo right now. But uh, but they've they've had some impressive signings, and you can't deny that. And they announced another one. You know, they they had it look like they were going to do a, a ten one uh, layout for their for their team. It was going to be all attackers, no defenders. But they changed that this week, um, and they signed defender Connor Tobin, aka Turbo. Uh, I need the flock, their supporters group, to have a it's Turbo time tifo this year from the greatest Christmas movie of all time, Jingle All the Way. Uh, but no, this is this is easily one of my favorite signings of the whole league right now. Uh, he's had over 100 appearances for North Carolina FC. Uh, he had 85 clearances last year, made the U- USL best 11 in 2017. Um, or, but one of the reasons why I really like this signing is because anybody who talks about Connor will tell you that he is a leader on and off the field. He is somebody who is dedicated to the community, dedicated to helping his teammates, dedicated to, you know, being that leader 
And it's shown he's won the Summit Hospitality Community Service every year award every year since 2014, which is, you know, you win a community award once in a while and that's an achievement to win it for three, four years in a row. That's incredible. And he fits perfectly with what Madison's doing, right? Because they've always wanted to be that community centric team. You know, talking with Peter, even from the beginning, he said, I want this team to be representative of what Madison is all about. So when you have a team like that and you want to prove that this team is actually representation of your community. You bring in a guy like Connor, who is going to be that leader, who is going to take, you know, initiative to do community work, to meet the fans, to show like, hey, this is one big family. And so I'm extremely excited about this signing. And I think that uh, having a veteran player uh, and having a veteran leader both on and off the field is going to be great for the team. And then uh, if you want to talk about another signing on the complete opposite end, uh, you've got uh, Carl Schneider, who is their first player born and raised in Madison, right? So it's not on the other side of the end as far as community, but as far as veteran and newer player, you know, this is this is exciting for them, right? Because when you say you want a team representing the community, how else do you do that besides you know, signing someone who's right in your backyard, you know, someone that you have a press conference for an announcement at the high school that he played at, which by the way, I think is absolutely incredible. If you're from the city that signed you, I think all of your press conference and announcements should be at the high school or at your alma mater. I think that's an incredible move, but yeah, he, he also did a meet and greet at Nomad World Pub. Am I saying their full name in case I'm in Madison and want free beer? Absolutely. Um, but I think also, and he, uh, he also played for their club team, Madison 56ers. And, you know, it's exciting to when you can see somebody that you watch growing up, you know, go from, you know, club to high school to college to the professional ranking all in the same city. And I think that's a big signing for them. Yeah, that was that was definitely my signing. Um, although I wouldn't say of the week, but but one of one of the ones that I thought of for the week. Um, I also enjoy the fact that. Now, there's at least two that I know of for Ford Madison that have came from a Scandinavian team or a very cold area team, which if you're going to play at Ford Madison uh, at any point, probably before June, you need to play in the cold, especially in the preseason. Um, so, so that's always good. But yeah, yeah. One of the things that uh, I was impressed with with uh, Carl uh, Schneider was. Uh, back in 2010, he was uh, elected by their newspaper, uh, the Madison's newspaper there, um, as the Madison's Boys Soccer Athlete of the Year. Um, so, you know, as you were saying, like not only to have a homegrown player there, um, and but it's almost like a household name. Like you know, there there are players where you know it's homegrown, and you know some people may know, may not know, but it sounds like, you know, this is a household name. And, you know, I have no worry that before this signing, Madison was going to get people in the stands. But if you want to get people interested in the team for nothing else other than to say we have a, a kid that you've watched growing up playing in front of your hometown, like that's going to get people in the stands. Yeah. And to bring up the last signing I wanted to talk about, it, it came out, I think, probably the day after we did our last show. But um, they they signed a midfielder, a former Richmond kicker, Brandon Eaton. 
And I just want to say that uh, I, I see you, Neil. If you don't know, uh, Ford Madison has a specific uh, assistant coach who is a former Richmond kicker. And all of a sudden, we're hiring uh, or signing some Richmond kicker players. So I see you. I see you, Neil. We, we are all sleuths here. Like behind <laughs> the scenes, we are all sleuths. We all have our insider information. Uh, I, J- Jason, now that now that he's uh, a, a part owner, has decided to go about and run everyone's uh, nickname and only refer to them by their nickname. Yeah. Uh, now the uh, the other signing that I have uh, before we jump into some so, some bigger news um, or is Lansing Ignite signed uh, a defender, uh, Grant Stoneman. Uh, who came from uh, Loyola University? Wasn't that the, the the Cinderella team in the March Madness this year? This past year. That's listen, the, that's listen. I'm a Tennessee fan. We don't talk about Loyola. That's the one with the old lady, right? Yeah, is that is that the one? What's Sister Jean. Yeah, it's the old lady. <laughs> so, <laughs> what position does she play? Is she is she a box to box player? She plays left out. <laughs> <laughs> she uh, didn't she throw out? I, I know we're so off topic now, but didn't she throw out a, a first pitch at like a, a Cubs game or something? And it was like straight fire. <laughs> like like she shouldn't have been throwing that good. Uh, I, don't, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> she'll she'll join our panel here uh, next week. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but no, uh, they, they signed Grant Stoneman, um, uh, defender. Uh, and the thing that, that I enjoy about the defenders there is, is not only did he seem like a solid defender and was also a, uh, MLS, uh, super draft pick is that he's also a, uh, somewhat offensive defender. He had uh, seven goals and one assist, which, you know, pretty good for a defender, pretty good for a defender. Um, and, you know, they're, uh, as we've talked about, I think it was on last week's show, about how uh, Lansing and Ford Madison's getting into a little bit of a rivalry. Uh, we kind of saw it today uh, on social media. But I really, the, the signings here are so crucial to their teams, but it's also just the the amount of, of players that we're seeing that get signed, whether they're coming from uh, the Super Draft, whether they're coming from uh, different areas of the world, whether they're academy players that used to uh, play for for some of the coaches there, uh, it's it's exciting, uh, and it's also making us realize that the beginning of the season is like not that far away. Like we have we have about a little over a month before I think the first official game uh, uh, kicks off, uh, and I know preseason for a lot of the teams uh, start off. Some of them have played. Uh, some friendlies against uh, Minnesota United, uh, things like that. But it's getting real, guys. It's getting real. Another another thing, what you were saying about him being a defender that can go on offense, another signing that Lansing had was uh, Nick Moon. And he's a signing that was based on their first uh, tryout. Um, so he's pre- tried out, was very impressive, and they signed him. Um, he pre- He's previously played at Lane United FC, was first team All Horizon 
uh, scoring 12 goals in 24 games. So a goal every other game, it's not too shabby. But the one thing that I, that when you brought up, you know, a defender that can go forward, one thing coach Nate Miller had said about Moon was he believes he's an extremely underrated player and given the right environment and potential position change, he will make for an important addition to our team. And so when I hear things like that, it makes me wonder, you know, maybe he's not going to be playing as a striker. Maybe, you know, Nate Miller has a system and I've talked about how it looks like he wants to do this high pressing, fast paced system. Maybe he's getting players who are specifically versatile players, defenders that can overlap um, strikers who can move to the wing. Um, and it's going to be really interesting to see what he's going to do with this team. Cause when I saw that quote, I, I figured, okay, so it looks like they have a specific type of player they're going after. And I'm, it's cool to see that somebody can try out and uh, fit into that system that coach Miller has in his plans. Yeah. They, uh, I get lucky uh, being that I'm in Pittsburgh, that they added the river hounds at the river hounds for one of the pieces game. So I'm, I'm really excited to check them out. Uh, Cause I think other than, Toronto, which have have they made like any news? I, I haven't seen anything. Has anyone seen like any? Do, do they know the season's going it's, on? It's been radio silence. I mean, I think they forgot they had a uh, a, a team in USL Championship last year too, didn't they? So I think the rest. I think the rest of the USL Championships forgot too. I don't think they forgot they had a team in MLS last year. <laughs> yeah. So so uh, yeah. It, in all honesty, like if you're if anyone knows anything with Toronto or if there's like anyone from Toronto listening, like m- like please like let us know you're at least okay. Like we don't need big signings. It's we the just polar need polar vortex. To, like, got understand. Em. It could be. It could be. Uh, <laughs> they yeah they they signed uh, Terrence Boyd in MLS, so him and his turtle Frankie should be bringing some joy to the Toronto area. So that's that's the bright side that I'm looking at. <laughs> Toronto, Toronto actually has twelve guys signed according to the website. To okay, the website. is this signed? If this we is, don't, if we don't hear about players being signed, though, are they really signed? Yeah, like, do they actually exist? Signed, I don't know. Like, as of like this season, or did they just like bring twelve players back from their roster last year? It was like, all right, guys, we just need twelve. We have we have one sub. Like that's it. No one gets hurt. It's one thing to forget about signing guys. It's another for, for them to forget to tell us that they signed guys. If you don't have a signing graphic, it doesn't count. <laughs> there you go. Remember that. For anyone uh, that has a team that's listening to this, if you don't tell us, because we are the first uh, podcast that covers League One, if you don't tell us, it's not real, and we don't believe it. It's not important. It's <laughs> that's what it comes down to. It's not important. All right, so in important news, though, uh, bouncing off the, the Lansing news here, I'm really excited for for this, um, Most mostly because I'm a Michigan State fan, um, but Lansing announced, uh, wow, I can't talk to um, This is how excited I am. They announced uh, this past week that they're going to be playing, uh, it's, it's a three-year, so this is the inaugural event of the Capital Cup between them and Michigan State, which will be played at Michigan State's uh, Copley Field. I think I'm saying that right. Um, the uh, the one reason I'm excited about this is, for those of you who also deal with baseball, Michigan State uh, 
plays against the uh, the Lansing. I think they're called the Lugnuts, which is Toronto's AAA team. So this is like nothing new for Lansing to have, you know, a, a team playing against a college team. But but also, you know, hopefully hopefully see them advance someday. But uh, the vice president and general manager of Lansing uh, had a quote that I, I was impressed with they said there's no better way to celebrate soccer in this community than a match between the only professional team in michigan and the only best collegiate uh program in the country year in and year out uh so Bring you know, that as we're spicy talk- soccer sound drop hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> the only professional team in michigan only oh, <laughs> But you know, if you're if you're not a nerd like uh, Jeff uh, and care about AAA baseball, uh, a exciting thing about this Capital Cup though is that Michigan State's coming off of probably their best season or one of their best seasons in history. Right? They were fourteen five and four, reached the 2018 College Cup. So I'm excited to see this matchup because this is also a chance for Lansing to see where they are on par with a group of players who are the best in the collegiate form in this country or one of the best in this country. They've had a whole year, some of them two, three years together of teamwork. Um, And so you have a brand new team, brand new players playing against a team who already has that chemistry and have that, uh, that style of play already established. So I think I'm really excited to see that, right? You can play, other USL teams and teams who have picked up players, but to play a team that is already fully functioning, that's a test that I think that Lansing needs. And I think it's a smart thing for them to do going into the season. Yeah, this isn't that unusual either. I think what's cool about it is that it's two local teams, right? Because you get a lot of preseason games, uh, or you used to in the past anyway, get a lot of even MLS teams and and USL championship teams that would play college teams in preseason. But, you know, they were friendlies and, you know, the college teams would get totally beat up. So, you know, this is something I think unique and and hopefully they keep it up, right? That would be a fun thing to do. And maybe there's a few other locations that could happen too. Like I'd love to see University of Richmond against the, against the kickers for example in preseason that would be a cool way to like you know last game before maybe the first um before the home opener or something like that you know last week i talked about league one being going just full fun like embracing being a league about fun and i think that's what this is to an extent it's and it's a great honestly it's a great way for the ignite as a brand new franchise to build a local fan base because obviously the folks there are, are going to be Michigan State fans, uh, most of them who live there in Lansing. So you've got a, a team that already has an established local fan base and you're going to host this friendly. I think it's a great way to, to draw people into this new team. And Ira, you've got that uh, Richmond-Virginia matchup on March 9th. Yeah, I know. I was teasing it. Yeah, okay. Just just for the rest of the fans, you know, if they want to tune in March night. Yeah, but I, I wonder if some of those would be televised. I mean, that's that's one of the challenges with the new league. So I, I don't think that's been announced yet. Yeah. Well, if it's not televised or streamed, if anyone from Michigan State or Lansing Ignite wants to, you know, drop a ticket or two, uh, some VIP access, uh, please, please leave me know. Uh, you know, don't, forward Madison can have Jason. Uh, I'll I'll go forward right here. I, hey hey hey! I don't I don't pick favorites. All right, unless you're sending me stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not picking a favorite. I was just saying, like, 
if perchance they had a couple of uh, tickets or something like that lying around that, you know, they just wanted to give out. Yeah. Hungry God. Yeah, I thought you were going to ask for someone to FaceTime you while they're at the game or something. You're you're an expensive date. I'm I'm cheap. You just you know send me a text message, let me know how the game was, send me a scarf, and I'm happy. I don't I don't know about this guy. I mean, j- just as a you know, just as a note, I did some quick you know Google sleuthing here, and it looks like the Michigan soccer gets like uh, up to four thousand uh, people in attendance at their games. So, you know, that's that's pretty decent if they can you know market this kind of. Uh, Capital Cup really well. They could probably have a decent crowd. Yeah. Speaking of streaming or watching the games, uh, there was a potential open secret. Oh, is that, is yeah. that the right way to have it? Uh, uh, an, an open secret that probably uh, was a little. Uh, yeah, uh, I guess you can call it an open secret. I guess maybe that's what we need to call Toronto's team an open secret because we know it exists, but maybe we also don't know it exists. I don't know. Um, but yeah, um, Chattanooga, um, during their press conference, um, shout out to Brian Cook. He's on Twitter at Soccer with Brian. He had noted too that he heard that uh, is a little slip that the ESPN Plus deal might be done for. Um, League One, um, if not done, then potentially close to being done. And it was definitely talked about um, in the President's Sports Illustrated interview back in, I think it was January. Um, so we knew it was something that they were working on. But uh, yeah, it seems like it's going to be solidified that this is a possibility that we're going to get to stream all these games on uh, ESPN+, Plus, which is great because they just announced the other day that they've got over 2 million subscribers now. So you know, a lot of more exposure and uh, easy access. And if you don't have ESPN Plus, personally, I feel it's it's a great deal. I think it's $9 a month and you've got the Italian League, you've got um, all MLS, USL, now League One, you've got the Australian League, it's you've got the, the Dutch League, you've got F- all kind F- of... FA, FA Cup games. And- FA Cup, exactly. Yeah. You've just got... And then, of course, you've got amazing sports like... Um, curling and drone racing and all that you know wonderful (laughs) stuff so if you need something to watch at 2 a.m when you got home from the bar drunk and you're lonely that's that's the go-to hey nothing nothing says insomnia like waking up at 3 a.m to watch an australian a-league match because i have done that but i'm telling you if you don't have espn plus and you're a soccer fan what are you doing because it's not nine dollars a month it's only 4.99 a month right. wow it's exactly cheap y'all yeah i think my so, ex is, is charging me her account it's such a good it's such a good price and literally you have every single bit of soccer you could ever dream of and there's so much other content and they're not even a sponsor, but ESPN, if you want to cut the check, you know, just give us a little, <laughs> just give us a little call. We'll throw those plugs in for you. Yeah. Well, one thing I am hoping, I don't know with ESPN, I don't know how the contract works, but I know if League One is listening, um, MLS does a thing to where they have a 20-minute game recap, and that would be great because some of us uh, are obsessed with soccer but also need to sleep at least three hours a night. So we're not going to be able to watch all the games. Some it's of only five Chris, games a week. Yeah, it's only Chris five will. games a week. Come on. Chris has got yeah, the, it. But, uh, there's, the, there's, the five, yeah, there's the five yeah. that matter, but when they get to 40 teams, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> <gonna> do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chris 
uh, speaking of prices, and since uh, you know J- Jason's over there, you know, paying double. For, for I don't know paying, what my uh, ex girlfriend's doing. <laughs> yeah, you you brought up uh, that Romance is having um, dollar tickets. Now I, I'm assuming that should be like for students, right? Like that's not like a general public. Yeah, dollar they, they announced that they're doing dollar tickets for students, which. I think is amazing. Um, I think any team that can do that is a good deal. And I'll give you a great example of that. So when I was in college, we had a minor league hockey team close by and it was five bucks if you were a college student to get in. And I didn't care two licks about hockey, but we used to go because it was the cheapest thing you could do. And unlike going to a movie or something, you could actually like hang out and talk with your friends, drink beer if you want to drink beer and just have a really great time. And I think that is the way you can grow a real solid fan base, especially these teams that are kind of in college towns, the Lansings, the Madisons, the Greenvilles to a lesser extent, the Richmonds. Like if you're in a college town and you're not doing something to reach out to the college students, then you're really missing an opportunity. And not only that, but really I know the triumph have been, the only reason I know this is, uh, somebody, a friend of mine that's pretty high up in an organization in town reached out to me about, hey, this team is trying to organize a group ticket for our organization and you're kind of the soccer expert. So what do you think about me doing this? But I think all the teams, and I'm sure they all are, they're all professional organizations, but I think the more things you can do like this to attract one, college students, and two, I would say families and kids, I think the better you are going to do at growing not only your business and your team's fandom, but also helping grow the sport in, in the U.S. And I also like about this is their pledge is that they're going to continue this even moving forward into 2020 when they move into their 5,300-seat stadium, right? So it's not just a first-year gimmick to try to get people in and hope that it's entertaining enough to bring them back. They seem committed to making this something to where the community and families can come um, for a discounted price and for an affordable price and join in on the fun. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I I know that the uh, the Riverhounds in the USL Championship, um, they'll do a discounted uh, price for for students. Um, we the the one thing with where the Riverhounds are located uh, is getting to the stadium with with public transportation and parking things of that nature. So we we sort of had some issues with that, but definitely getting students involved. Um, you know, and is. This is for all students, right? Because it's not like college students. It's like if you have a student ID, like if you're like in yeah. first grade or, you know, if you're in 23rd grade. Yeah, I, I think it's even for grad students, too, which is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I think any I think any way you can justify yourself as a student gets you in for a dollar, which is awesome. For sure. Uh, and what like, we've we've preached it, uh, I'm sure, like on our own. But, you know, this is just another way, like support your local soccer team, like no, no matter what, like support your local soccer yeah. Uh, before we get to some questions here, does anyone else have anything with their signings or some news that that I may have missed? I do uh, want to point out Tormenta also signed uh, Mitchell Thorne, and I just wanted to give them a shout out because we didn't get to talk about it last year or last week. I'm sorry. And uh, he's played in both the Australian and American league. So I think that right now you have a couple teams who look like they don't have too many international players. And then you've got teams like Chattanooga who have, 
I think, nine players that are coming in from international clubs. So it'll be curious to see which teams uh, you know, have that chemistry when you're bringing in uh, a core base with a couple of international players compared to maybe six or seven of your starting guys being all from different clubs from different countries. Yeah, that's definitely uh, uh, something to look, to look at. Um, I was just got word from Patrick Wood with the uh, Richmond Kickers that there's no streaming for preseason games as of yet. Okay. So you will have to go to the stadium. And then FaceTime, uh, Jeff. FaceTime me. Um, Their streams are in the same place that Toronto's player announcements are. <laughs> That's Maybe not I'll nice because because the streams might be coming. I'm not too sure about true. the Toronto announcements. You know? <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, I'm seeing if I if I have missed anything else uh, on the on the chats here before we get to some of the questions. Um, thank you guys uh, as as always uh, for sending in questions. Uh, we look forward to it. And, uh, one of the questions was. What is our top three signings so far of the year? I think we talked about this last week just a little bit. Um, I think we, we mentioned uh, Conan Doyle as one of them, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that would that'd be probably the top one or the, the top. That was the one where I, I saw the name. I thought, oh, I know who he is. I know where he's played. Uh, his experience. Yeah, I'm still on the uh, Steve St. Duck train. Uh, Just even if it's for the skills and the flamboyancy, I'm 100% with it. I can't wait to see uh, what he does in the open field. Yeah, I'm still on Andrew wheeler Amanu down there in Tucson. Yeah, I'm with you uh, on on Andrew Saint Duke, uh, and then also uh, Roy Abergill. Uh Those are those are probably my my two big signings for for right now. Ira, do you have a do you have any uh, special uh, signings dear and close to your heart? Uh, so I, I'm, I'm going to say one just because it's very personal, but I'm going to go to uh, what I mentioned at the top of the show, but Scotty Thompson at, uh, at the Richmond kicker. So his, his brother is actually my son's coach up here in New Jersey. And, uh, he was, he played at UVA. Uh, he's, uh, was, uh, actually a, um, a draft pick by the New York Red Bulls and then played for Orlando city B. And then when Orlando city B imploded, um, you know, found himself without a team, um, ended up at, at the kickers and, uh, you know, he's, he's done a decent job. He was injured part of last year, um, scored a banger from like 35 yards out on a free kick it against, uh, um, against Bethlehem last year. And it was just, it was something pretty incredible. But, uh, the funny thing was, uh, that at the end of, um, at the, while he was uh, on the bench from Orlando city and before he went back to, uh, back to the kickers, uh, he actually coached my son and I because we all played the same position. So, so we said, uh, you know, hey, we need some help. And, and so he, uh, you know, helped us with our weak foot and things like that and positioning. So um, he's a great guy. And, uh, you know, I look forward to, uh, to seeing him at, back, on, back on the pitch again for the kickers. Awesome. That's, that's, that's really cool that he uh, coached with you and your son. 
Yeah, you know, I think that's the other thing that that for those people who maybe haven't been uh, very involved with League One and others is that how accessible a lot of the uh, a lot of the players are. Um, you know, they're they're not uh, you know celebrity style signings, right? They're not Wayne Rooney's or or Zlatan Ibrahimovic's, right? And um, you know, they're just regular people who you can have a real conversation with and. You know, if you you know pay them a little money, they'll even probably you know give you some pointers on the on a field. Uh, the the other question that we have came from uh, Rhino's Outsider, uh, and specifically was asking if we could lay out what we think uh, is the roadmap to League One success. Um, and as as they pointed out, it probably varies uh, for a side like Greenville as compared to. A team like uh, the Rhinos, who are uh, hopefully coming back in, in 2020, and uh, Penn FC, which is hopefully coming back next year. Um, but yeah, what what do you guys think it would be the layout to make uh, League One successful and make the team successful? Yeah, I've I've said it a couple times. I I think this is all about building up players who may have slid under the cracks or players who just need another chance, getting them minutes and getting them exposure, right? I think that if you're able to bring in a hometown player at 19 and 20 and he plays two impressive years and gets moved up to USL championship or gets scouted out for another league, I think that's what you consider success, right? You're getting these players uh, the exposure and a chance that you know they might not have had there's some players who might have been hurt from injuries or some players who are playing first division soccer in bermuda which doesn't get scouted a lot right but there's hidden talent there there's 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 not talent that you know is right there in your backyard you go find it you take chances on loans from players with international teams like i think this is a successful league if you can get these players a shot at building them up and putting them to a higher league or another league and having people come back and go, oh, wow, this League One league is producing a lot of fun, exciting young players. This is someone that we need to be looking at and we can scout as opposed to going to other teams or taking a chance and spending tons of money on an international player when you don't know what the outcome is going to be. I think if you're talking about success for the league as a whole rather than just individual teams, um, I think there's a couple things that will help that. One that would be kind of more of an immediate thing, which would be this year. I think if you have a League One team make a deep run in U.S. Open Cup, that could be – I could bring a lot of exposure to the talent level of the league. Um, and maybe even more than that, like if you had a League One team host an Open Cup game against, say, an MLS side and the fans showed up and the atmosphere was raucous – People are going to start noticing that, and I think that's what that's that's one small step to helping uh, raise the exposure level of the league long term. And I don't have my tinfoil hat close by, but I think long term, the thing that would really help uh, make this league a success is if you grow the championship level and league one level to the place where you could have some sort of promotion uh, relegation uh, 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 i told you boy. i told you i didn't have oh my tinfoil hat but i'm just saying I, I thought we already had that is toronto too and you know we're down <laughs> <laughs> well the problem with that is they just have regulation there's there's been no it's <laughs> relegation only they'll be in league two next year right <laughs> but seriously i think i think ultimately I think we'd be silly to ignore the fact that USL has set themselves up modeled after the 
EFL. And I think that they, they've set an ecosystem in place that I don't think it's anytime soon, but I do think, do think long-term that's probably one of their goals. And I think that really will help the league to be sustainable is kind of pointing towards that horizon and saying, Hey, this is something we're really striving to achieve down the road. Yeah. I, I, I think that, uh, you know, to be successful, we need all of these things, right? It's not only, it's not only one thing. And I think the probably the single most important thing, at least in my mind is getting this local soccer culture. And Jeffrey was talking about this earlier was thinking about, um, making sure that all these communities have, have professional soccer and have somewhere for, the, for local players to go for them to look up to. Um, you know, we are such a big country, right? Like it's so much different than being able to take a train an hour and a half in England to go from London to Birmingham to watch a match, right? You can't do that in the United States. So, um, so having these local enclaves all over the place, whether it's in the championship or league one or MLS, all of those things are, I think are important. So the, so the fan engagement and just how, uh, building that soccer culture from the ground up. And I think league one is, is really the right step in, in that direction toward getting, you know, communities that can support, you know, smaller clubs, uh, to get all of the professional access that you need, whether it's academies and, um, you know, having, having local players play for these professional clubs and then maybe moving up because they just haven't been noticed is, is, you know, all of those things I think have to be, um, have to be part of the process. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I absolutely, uh, I absolutely agree there. Um, I, I think one of the, the big things that, that the bigger clubs, you know, like, like MLS, um, kind of, kind of just over, overlook is that the fact that, you know, when you have a bigger club and you can obviously fill, um, you know, larger, larger stadiums, spend more money. Um, but tickets prices also go up. And when you have a certain price range, you know, the the more people you have that you're trying to bring, whether it's a family, whether it's a group of friends, whatever, the more money you're going to have to spend. And, and, you know, obviously with travel, parking, food, you know, all that. Um, whereas the lower leagues still have quality players. Uh, and also at the same time, you know, it's it's an easy way. It's a more, as, as we said, the players are more accessible. I know. Um, at least with the Riverhounds, like after every home game, uh, there's like a 20-minute autograph session that I think it was originally meant for for small children, um, but then everyone started coming coming uh, on the field, you know, getting autographs, pictures, whatever. But that also builds, you know, your brand. That builds, uh, you know, your communication skills. You it builds, you know, it makes it makes you feel like, yeah, you know, it's you know they might not be your Pogba's, your Wayne Rooney's, your your Zlatan's, but you have more of a connection with them and you're more proud of them as they move up. And then at the same rate, you know, you feel like you're losing a family member, you know, if they retire or if they move on to a, to a different team. So having all that, all that put together is definitely going to help out with USL in general, with league one and, and the championship league. Support local soccer. Okay. The people overseas, the big five EPL teams and everything, they don't know you. They're not ever going to know you. It's fun to watch them, but this is your chance to be a part of something. This is your chance to get in. The league is new. These teams, some of these teams are new, and you can look back in 20, 30 years, 50 years even, and say, yeah, I remember the first 
year that this team existed. I remember going to the first game ever. We don't know what's going to happen with the league or the teams, but it is your chance to feel a connection to a team that you haven't before, right? You're never going to get to get autographs from NBA or NFL players or have a chance to at every single game, right? Like this is a chance for you to feel that your effort, your time, your money is actually making a difference as opposed to it just being thrown in a big pile of money. Cause and, and that doesn't take away from MLS or any of the bigger leagues, but they are under a, we have to perform well because we have to hit a certain quota of money to make. So that's why they have to go out and get bigger names. That's why they have to take bigger chances. That's why they have to have ticket prices the way they are. This is your chance to be a part of something that you can grow with and something that you can make a difference with immediately um, and feel that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I have a couple questions that was sent in to me, uh, Weston Shelton. Um, I'm not going to talk too long about it, but he said uh, he would love to hear a spicy take on uh, CFC not participating in Open Cup. Um, all I'm going to say is I agree in a sense that it's it's a it's a good decision for them not to, considering it is their the most games they played in a year. It is something that they need to prioritize, but as a neutral, it sucks. We obviously want to see a new chapter in the Chattanooga um, rivalry. And we want to see that Chattanooga, the potential of a Chattanooga Red Wolves game. But you know, that's just something that I can't fault CFC for because they do want to get their priorities. They do want to make a good impression in MPSL pro. So I have no beef with that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I agree. Like, yeah, it does, like, especially with uh, all the spicy soccer that we've been talking, all the uh, the, the talking there, there. But at the same point, you know, y- you have to make sure you're setting yourself up for long-term success, and you have to make sure that, you know, that that rivalry is always going to be there between them, that, that angst is always going to be there. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, Chattanooga FC has the backing of the USL, whereas CFC is, you know, definitely trying to to become the team in Chattanooga, and they have more to lose in the sense of, you know, they they were the local grassroots team, and if it all goes to waste, it's it's overly sad. Whereas if Chattanooga FC kind of goes to waste, it's you know money out of the pockets of the of, of the people there. But yeah, you definitely have to get your priorities right, you know, regardless of how much smack you talk. But I but I will say uh <laughs> if you are going to have banter and you do want to talk spicy soccer, hold on, which one which one's my camera? This one? Because I want to look dead in the camera when I say this. If you are going to talk banter about a team, please make sure that it involves your team as well. Because when you go out your way to find things to talk about another team that is not in your league, you look desperate. It looks like that your team is not entertaining enough for you to promote your own news and what's going on within your own community. If you want to prove that your soccer culture is better, if you want to prove that your team has something to say that the other team couldn't even dream of getting to and heights that they can never dream of getting to, then use your energy and do that. Okay, don't sit here and try to pull something that has nothing to do with your team just because you're feeling petty and you're not self-fulfilled of what you want from your team. Okay, because it makes you look desperate and it makes me not interested in your team and makes your team look desperate and it makes everything look whack. And that's all I have to say about that. That that was a little spicy. 
Yeah, that was a spicy, uh, <laughs> a little bit spicy soccer section brought to you by Jason here every week on the uh, League One Fun Show. <laughs> Thanks for coming to Jason's TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, is there uh, anything else that you guys uh, want to talk about or that we missed uh, before we head out? Think we pretty much hit it this week. Got everything. One thing I do want to talk about uh, a quick shout out. If you guys haven't listened to or maybe you've heard of Total Soccer Show, uh, Dale Grove, one of the hosts, is um, fighting stage four cancer right now. And in this community where a lot of people might be clicky and hang out with their friends or want to only help you if you can benefit them. Uh, the guys at Total Soccer Show aren't that. Daryl and Taylor are both two of the nicest guys I've met in this community. Um, we've met, got to talk about Richmond Kickers. Um, and, you know, for him to, for a huge voice like him to be going through troubling times like this, every amount helps. So if you haven't seen the GoFundMe link, um, they're trying to reach a hundred thousand dollar goal. They're almost there. They're at um, close to eighty five thousand right now. I'll post it on my Twitter. So when you come to curse me out or have some kind of spicy comment towards me, make sure you also click that link and donate because he's someone that's tremendous for the soccer community, and um, it would be really great for us to do that for him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those guys are really trailblazers when it came to soccer podcasts. I mean, they've been doing it now for nine years, and uh, you know, independent podcast uh, just growing the game here in the States. So, you know, he's, he's British. He's just the sweetest guy ever. Um, you know, we, we got to meet at, out of Chicago at the United soccer coaches convention and we were hanging out and, um, you know, they're just regular real people and, and, uh, you know, love the game. So, uh, you know, I, I agree with Jason. Let's, uh, you know, I supported them and I hope everyone else will consider doing it too. Yeah, for sure. If, if you guys can uh, support, you know, whether it's, you know, however you can support, you know, make sure you do that. Um, they'll appreciate it. And, and we as a soccer community will appreciate it as well. Um, well, if that is everything that we have for the night, want to thank our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves. Make sure you uh, get your scarves from roughneckscarves.com. Uh, guys, week three's done, wrapped up. We're getting signings coming in. You know, looking forward to week four. Um, but before we head out of here, let's uh, let's give the people something to uh, to look forward to. Uh, if you want to uh, see any of the spicy soccer, because Jason's prime full of it on his social media, uh, let's go through. Give that social media a shout out one more time. There, Jason. You can find me anywhere, uh, any platform at Home Sweet Soccer. Just make sure you say it with your chest and support your own team. You look desperate. Desperate. <laughs> that's gotta be our outfit now. That's, that's, that's gonna be out. Jason and uh, went left here. Uh, Chris, uh, we'll just get down the line. Yeah, you can find me at Youth Guy Cash, um, but don't follow me there if you want soccer takes. Uh, you can go to YTSS Podcast to follow. Yeah, that soccer show, which is where I give all of my Greenville soccer knowledge for free. Mark, uh, you can find me at Miracles. I also write for uh, Firebird Soccer, uh, covering all things soccer in Arizona at Firebird site. Ira, do you have any uh, 
social that you want to give out? Yeah, yeah at Ira Jersey on Twitter. Um, and uh, I, I'm new to Instagram. So, um, you know, you can probably see very strange things there if you wanted to come. All right. Uh, and then mine is uh, at Plaid Pirate. Uh, you can also, once the USL Championship uh, starts picking up here, you can also find articles that I write about the Riverhounds at uh, BGM dot, bgn.fm. Uh, remember, guys, our podcasts are now on everything uh, but Apple uh, Podcasts for right now. We're working on that. Um, sorry about the uh, the delay getting things out last week. We had so we had some technical issues, but make sure you're uh, you're subscribing to it, liking it, sharing it, giving it to people that don't like soccer, giving it to people that like soccer, uh, and also following us for all the spicy takes uh, at League One Fun. Uh, thank you, guys. Have a good week. Um, I am here really only to let you know that we are sponsored by Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and U.S. soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Thanks for listening again, everybody. We'll talk to you soon.